It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, December 21st, 2020. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Sitka Assembly is already starting the budget process for next year. And while where the budget will end up is always pretty hazy this early in the budgeting cycle, the full impacts of the coronavirus and a timeline for Sitka's economic recovery are still mostly unknown. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. There's always a bit of uncertainty when it comes to city budgeting, especially in December. It's very early in the process. It's really a time for city staff to get guidance from the assembly about the big picture. The ins and outs of next year's budget will usually be hammered down and finalized in the late spring. But when the Sitka Assembly met on Thursday to hear a presentation on the FY22 budget, which begins on July 1st, there were more unknowns than usual. City Finance Director Melissa Haley had some concrete data to share in her presentation. Sales tax revenue this calendar year, the city's biggest source of income, was down by just under $3 million compared to 2019. But other important data for this year remained a mystery. How much would holiday sales boost the city's tax revenue this winter? What will the city collect in online, out-of-state sales tax revenue? And of course, Haley asked the big question on many Sitkins' minds. Do we get cruise ships back in, you know, at the beginning of next year? Um, You know, that's a hard one. You know, if the vaccine rollouts go well and things kind of start getting back to normal, you know, we we might be looking pretty good by the end of 2021. But we, we can't count on that at this point. So the loss of sales tax revenue was offset somewhat by a reduction in spending, just under a million dollars in the general fund. Haley attributed this mostly to vacant staff positions. Most of those positions are now filled with a staffed Sitka Police Department, and many department head positions hired this summer and fall. As a result, Haley anticipated a corresponding increase in staffing costs for FY22. Haley said she would likely put together a conservative budget, but if they kept things status quo, that budget would be in the red. It can be balanced, which by the charter we are required to pass a balanced budget, but that means that we might dip into our reserves to some extent. Um, We historically have have been reluctant to present deficit budgets to the assembly. Um, This is a year that if if we if our guidance is that you don't want to see a deficit budget, that means that there is probably going to be pretty significant cuts to services. Haley and City Administrator John Leach sought direction from the Assembly on what level of services they wanted to see in the budget and how they wanted city staff to proceed with capital projects. Mayor Steven Eisenby said he wanted city staff to present a balanced budget without a deficit and was wary of dipping into reserves without more information. Um, you know, I realized that this year some service areas are going to suffer. Um, I, I believe that to be unfortunate, but I think you know, perhaps some lawns won't get mowed quite as regularly as they had before. Um, You know, I believe that also to be a short-term holdover situation. I don't believe that to be long-term. I do think that things are going to get better, uh, but for this year, I really think we need to buckle down and uh, potentially spend money later if money does come in. And if they were asking city staff to present a deficit budget and not dip into the reserves, Assemblymember Kevin Knox said he'd like to see the Assembly bring forward suggestions for cuts. Yeah, there are a ton of questions yet, you know, that need to be answered. And none of us have that crystal ball to really know exactly how how down we're going to be. But if we're we're asking them to, you know, 
make the call on, on what kind of services would have to be cut, it would be a little more fair of us to, you know, come forward with some of those suggestions. When it came to the enterprise fund budgets like electric, water, wastewater, and solid waste, there were mixed feelings at the assembly table about what, if any, rate increases would be appropriate. The city has an established model for incremental rate increases each year. Some are steeper to fund big future projects, like an anticipated overhaul of Sitka's aging harbors, and others are stair-stepped with inflation. Member Valerie Nelson said she would not vote for any rate increases this year, should the Assembly consider them. Member Rebecca Hemshoot asked for a history of rates for each of the funds and more context on how the city rates are calculated. And Mayor Eisenbeis said while he supported rate increases in the past, he thought this would be a good year for a break from most of them. Um, sell me on all of the rate increases that, that you're going to put forward. Uh, make, a, make a strong case for them so that not only I fully understand, uh, but when I get questioned by members of the public asking me why the rates are going up, that, that I have something that I can tell them too that, that holds face. It's, it's going to be very difficult for, for members of the public to accept rate increases this year. The meeting was merely the first in a series of meetings mapping out the FY22 budget, and no concrete decisions were made. The Assembly will revisit the budget in the new year, and members and staff may make suggestions on what cuts to consider. But while things are hazy for now, one thing is clear. The Sitka budget pie will be sliced a little thinner come July 1st. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. A federal watchdog agency says the U.S. Forest Service acted illegally when it awarded a $2 million grant to the state of Alaska in 2018. As Eric Stone reports from Alaska's Energy Desk, the state had asked for the grant to gather input on a proposal to exempt the Tongass National Forest from the Clinton-era roadless rule. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Office of Inspector General issued its report on Wednesday. The report says the Forest Service illegally awarded the $2 million to the state through a grant program intended to support fire suppression in state-owned forests. A Washington, D.C.-based spokesperson for the Forest Service says the money had been set aside for the state, but he says none of it actually ever changed hands. That means the state is on the hook for any expenses the grant was meant to reimburse. The $2 million grant was to be matched by state funds. It's not clear how much the state spent gathering input from industry groups and local stakeholders. The USDA watchdog does not directly accuse state officials of wrongdoing. In fact, documents obtained by Alaska's Energy Desk show that the state told the Forest Service exactly what it was requesting the money for. But investigators say the money never should have been awarded as part of the firefighting grant. The Alaska Department of Natural Resources says it's reviewing the findings. Spokesperson Dan Sadler says the agency will work with the Forest Service to ensure the grant funds are spent in line with their intended use. In an email, he says the State Division of Forestry voluntarily cooperated with the investigation. Investigators say it's above board for the Forest Service to provide funding to gather input on rule changes, but they say awarding that money to the state without informing other interested parties that money was available for that purpose violated federal law and regulations. Southeast Alaska Conservation Council Executive Director Meredith Trainer said it's an example of conservation groups and tribes being shut out of the rulemaking process. She added that the group looked forward to working with the incoming Biden administration to overturn the rule. 
The investigation was prompted by a story last year from former Alaska's Energy Desk reporter Elizabeth Jenkins. She uncovered documents showing the state had paid the Alaska Forest Association more than $200,000 to influence the rulemaking process. The industry group declined to comment for this story. Two members of Congress requested the investigation after the story was published. State officials, including Governor Mike Dunleavy and Natural Resources Commissioner Corey Feige, said last year that the state had not misspent any federal money from the grant. For Alaska's Energy Desk, I'm Eric Stone in Ketchikan. The cancellation of this year's cruise ship season has been a boon for marine mammals in one of Alaska's most protected destinations. As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, federal scientists say humpback whales are enjoying the relative calm in Glacier National Park and Preserve. This is what a cruise ship in southeast Alaska's Glacier Bay sounds like underwater. NPS wildlife biologist Christine Gabriel says the national park normally gets more than 600,000 visitors each year. Most of those on cruise ships. And 2020 presented a unique opportunity because the cruise ships and tour boats were absent. She was a panelist at a recent meeting of the American Geophysical Union. This year, she's been recording underwater sound at the mouth and middle of Glacier Bay to make recordings and also record any changes in whale behavior, which there were. Uh, we saw them out in the middle of the channels, taking naps, socializing, feeding with others. Uh, and um, also on the hydrophone, I heard a lot of long exchanges between whales, including what I think may have been a mother and calf. As the coronavirus has forced people to socially distance, she says for marine mammals, it's been the opposite. It's like this horrible pandemic uh, confined us humans into really small spaces, but gave the whales back a lot of room to roam, both physically and acoustically. The recordings are on Glacier Bay's website. They also include pods of orcas, harbor seals, and other marine life. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now we have some time to take a look at the weather forecast for Sitka for today, Monday, December 21st, 2020. Today, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers. Near Port Alexander, chance of rain showers. Highs 32 to 38. West winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of snow and rain showers in the evening. Near steady temperature in the lower 30s. South winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. And now let's take a quick look at our community calendar. Sitka Sound Science Center seeks responses to an anonymous COVID-19 survey designed to capture Southeast Alaskans' perceptions of the pandemic to help mitigate risk in rural, isolated communities. For more information about this survey, you can call Cali at 747-8878. You are tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. <laughs> 